What is your definition of creativity? Can you be creative in business? We are all creative, aren't we? In my conversations with business owners, charity leaders, artists and innovators, I ask all these questions and more. Have a listen. They're fascinating, inspiring and sometimes entertaining. Join me, Jacqueline Goddard. Enjoy. Welcome, Matt King, to my podcast. Um, and I've got, I've got written down here, Matt, that you are passionate about sales. Uh, so sales are, are your big thing. Uh, you're a coach, a trainer. Uh, you have your own podcast and you're a business leader. But it also says here you've been nominated for two awards for leadership in sales and business and have won numerous awards for individual sales performances. So tell us a little bit about your sales background and, and how, how you've become so good to win awards. It's funny because I was, hello, Jackie, first of all, Hi. thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, so the, the salesy stuff started probably 15 years ago, uh, and I kind of just fell into a sales role. And for, I would say, six years, I just sort of plodded around trying to find my way, trying to understand how sales works. Uh, and then I just had this epiphany because what I was doing, and, uh, and it's, very, it's very good that we're talking about this because I've literally just finished my email marketing following on from because we met each other at you and the media learning so i took all of the stuff that we did at, on the email marketing like lessons and then i've put that into my own email marketing funnel so what i've done is i've told the story about how i got into sales on my email uh but what happened was is i was trying to become when you're when you get into sales you want to become incredibly successful and you want to be known as the guy who can sell a lot and that's what i was trying to achieve and i and i got there but I got there through a specific way and a process that I was trying to do stuff. Um, and all I wanted to do was get to the top table of like, I'm, I'm the most successful salesperson. Uh, and then for a period of about two years, I was trying to work on this, trying to work on this. And this was maybe seven years ago. Uh, and then I suddenly had this massive failure because all I was focusing on was myself and trying to get as much sales as possible. And then I had, I, I just, I, I fell out of love with it for about a period of about three or four months. And then I switched, switched jobs. It reignited my passion because I was working for a smaller company. And then slowly but surely, I started to see, it was like the matrix in front of me. I started to see all these things that worked and didn't work. And I think that comes with experience. But that's how I learned sales was actually getting out there and doing it. And then I was implementing it in a, in a different company, which was a smaller company, but I generated success. And that's what I've done since. So six, seven years ago, I switched and I went into a company and created this uh, culture and this this way of working that created sales. And then uh, I worked there for three or four years, uh, doubled their revenue in about three or four years. And then I've joined the company that I'm at now and I reversed six years worth of loss into a year of growth. So there is something I'm doing right, yeah. which is why then I set up Sales Change, which is yeah. to... Um, work for other companies and try and implement that success elsewhere. Yeah. So is it is it a, a formula then? I mean, can you sell anything with the way that that you work? I think I could. Uh, and what I'm what I'm in the process of doing at the moment, and this is from a podcast interview that I had with Sarah Townsend, who's also part of the you and the media community, is that I tried. I'm, I'm going to write a book, uh, and I'm going to try and detail everything that I do because it is a step by step process. It's about uh, fundamentally 
implementing change, but it's about bringing the people on board, making sure you've got the right team around you, um, setting clear and defined goals. And we'll, we'll probably get into it, but I'm an ex-military man. So I like to have a mission and a war plan mapped out before we've even got there. I mean, everybody in my company now knows that the aim is 5 million in five years because that's the goal. Yeah. So we, we then have separate missions in order to achieve that end goal. But yeah, I, I, I will write the process and I will document it but it's going to be in a book and I'm I'm not going to commit to a date, but it would probably be 2022. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I look forward to that because I, I, it's, it's the one thing. And I think lots of people do, especially small, small business owners like myself, that, that actually what I sell is myself. You know, it's, it's me as a coach. Um, but basically I am the face of my business. I am the voice of my business but I'm terrible at selling myself. So it's, you know, it's certainly something that I would, I would latch on to just Why to... is that, Jackie? Is that because of, is it a lack of belief in what you offer or is it just because you're not comfortable in self-promotion? I think I'm not comfortable in self-promotion and I think maybe, this is, this is, this is not about me, but um, <laughs> I think maybe from, a, from an acting background, when, I, when, you, when you're an actor, you play somebody else and it's very easy to play somebody else. You take on a character and... That's that's the joy of acting. Um, but when it comes to actually being yourself, and I'm very comfortable in this sort of situation, but when I, I suppose it's maybe about blowing your own trumpet, isn't it? It's about kind of going, look, I'm I'm the best that you're going to get in this in this field. Um, and I'm just not very comfortable with that, I think. See, that it's very interesting because I always picture myself, when I'm a salesperson, I always picture myself as somebody who, I call myself when I'm selling, I call myself the ego because that's who I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be an egotistical person who believes in himself so much, believes in what he's trying to achieve. But I don't I don't sit in that space for very long. That's just who I am at that time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I do play a part when I'm selling. And that's just that's just what I do. That's very interesting. That is very interesting. So perhaps that's the way I should approach it is that I need to uh, I need to be the character. I need to be that. I need to be the diva, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go for it. But I mean, you know, th this podcast is about creativity, and it does seem to me that what you do is very is very creative. Do you? Does it feel creative when you're sort of, you know, putting stuff think, together? Yeah, I think sales is a creative is a creative, let's say, pastime because you have to constantly be thinking about the next avenue. You need to be thinking about how you're going to close the client, how you're going to. Uh, open the door to the next client so it is creative in that sense but I also I don't know if people have my website is saleschange.co.uk you can see it on the board behind you but I also have a, a very creative Instagram which is at saleschange and I was if going to say that that's amazing I, I looked at your Instagram yesterday and I was just I, I mean I love the way it looks the way that you put you know all the sort of the, the thumbnails um, and then when you go in it's a very sort of succinct piece of information and then sort of leads on to where they people can find you I thought that was amazingly creative what you've done there I, and I've fallen in love with doing this uh since the first lockdown so when the first lockdown started I just I was trying to think of a way that I could create bite-sized communications all around sales to show off the knowledge and it's all about building my personal brand which is creative in its sense but I wanted a way that I could give that information across but do it in a creative way and I found this creative community online um, and they were using these carousels to create small bite-sized informations. But they, these are all created in Photoshop and they, each of those posts probably take an hour each, an hour each. 
Um, but I've slowly but surely learned the fundamentals of Photoshop and how to how to create these things. And I just love it. Honestly, I love the creative. And and I've now got clients who are, who pay me to create these carousels for them. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, I've created this small niche business out of the lockdown, which yeah, it's creative in itself. Yes, no, absolutely. No, I mean, and it looks great. And each, you know, each sort of little square is a is a little nugget. It's like opening up an advent calendar. Every time you sort of click on something, you, you get this sort of lovely piece of information that comes forward and it looks great. So, I mean, yeah. for me, lockdown, I feel has been a way of, of um, having the time to be a bit more creative, sort of thinking of things in, in a more creative way. So is that something that you've you've sort of felt yourself? I think lockdown gave me the opportunity because because my role at Safi, which is the main job that I have, my role is the UK general manager, but I also look after the United States. So I was doing an awful lot of traveling. I was travel I traveled to the United States probably six or seven times last year. I traveled to Holland, Germany, Spain, France, all of these places. I, I think I must have taken about 30 to 40 flights last year, which is unreal yeah. and and this year started off the same until February I mean I visited the last time I visited the United States was in February but lockdown gave us the opportunity to actually think we could use zoom like we are now we don't have to get into a studio and have a and do a proper podcast recording you can record this over zoom and we don't I don't have to leave the comfort of my office you don't have to leave the comfort of your whatever you, are you sat on a sofa it's, I, it's sort of <laughs> <laughs> you're perched but it's that's that's opening of doors and and let's take it back to you of the media as well you of the media went online and we've had guests from all over the globe yeah which wouldn't that, that wouldn't have been possible in the old format so I think it's just lockdown has given many many opportunities but it sort of shifted all us all of us to the digital age and made made everybody far more accessible which possibly is a bad thing, but I think at the moment it's a really good thing because I'm having I'm having daily Zoom calls now with the United States to try and um, close some business and work on some deals. But I don't have to jump on a flight for 12 hours and fly into Chicago, then travel down to Florida or then go up to New York. So there's lots of this stuff which I don't have to do, which is less exhausting, but I get to spend more time with my family. So at the moment, it's a positive for me. I, I, I love the the whole lockdown the way that lockdown has changed our world. Yeah. Um, but I just, I'm hoping that we can continue some of that into 2021. Yeah. But also add in some of the old stuff. Cause I miss traveling as well. I, that's part of my job. I love doing it. Yeah. And I do think that, that this world won't, won't go away. It's not like we will go back to the way we were because they, like you, I've been all over the world in the last few months without actually leaving my living room. So that's, you know, to me, that's, that's been amazing. I don't think I'll ever go back to working locally. It's, I, I don't think that's, that's ever going to happen again, but I do miss, you know, going to the, you are the media lunch club at the Shelley and being part of that. And I'm really looking forward to actually meeting face to face. Some of the people that I know, I feel like I know very well now, but I've never actually met them in the flesh. You know, it's quite, uh, yeah. it's quite bizarre, isn't it? It's, it's strange because at the start, as I said, I started my Instagram in April, um, closing in on 8,000 followers already, um, which has been incredible. It's about a thousand followers a month. So it's really grown. However, I've met some really incredible people just through that community and I've, I've I've got clients like I said in in California I've got I've got a call later this week with a guy in New York this is the second or third call that I've had with him just to catch up and just to to meet this guy and he's a he's a mortgage realtor in in New York so 
I would have never have met these people had I not gone online and started growing my social media. So it's about widening that network. And to bring it all the way back to sales, because I've got this wider network, it it makes selling a whole lot easier because it's not what you know, it's who you know. So and uh, and that's what I think has been the positive for me over the last uh, eight or nine months. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was uh, one of the you other medias. Jason Miller was talking about obviously the previous plagues and pandemics and uh, different things that have happened, and how much creativity and innovation does come out of those times when people suddenly are forced to think differently. And it is a very creative process because you are. I don't know. I don't know what your definition of creativity is, but for me, it's 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 around problem solving. You know, it's around creating new things be, because of of necessity sometimes. Yeah, I think it's seeing things in a different light. I mean, my creativity is very brash. It's very open. It's very honest. And that's the style that I go for in terms of my creative creativeness on, on, on Photoshop or on, on a, in a design way. Uh, but it's also my style in terms of selling. So I, I try to marry both the style that I have in terms of my personal brand with what I'm trying to create from a in a corporate sense. So sales change, the website looks very, very similar to my Instagram. It's about marrying the two together. So it's about seeing things in a certain way and your creativity might be different to my creativity, but neither is bad. And each has their own audience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've done, uh, you've branded yourself very well. I think you've kind of, you know, created this, this persona that's, that, that's sort of a, 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 a combination of yourself and you know the the whole kind of brand around sales sales change was that a very conscious decision it was and i i must admit at the start of the year when i i mean red has always been the color of the brand uh and that's something that will always stick because red is a very direct and fiery type of color which is what i wanted to stick with the brand has kind of evolved because the red used to be a, a very vibrant red, which didn't really go with anything. It's sort of toned down to this sort of maroony red now. Um, and I'm, I'm getting into the real minutiae of, of what the brand is about. But then I worked with an agency called St. James Studio, who are based in Bournemouth. Um, Will St. James and Joe Hayes are the two guys there. And they created the, the Sales Change logo for me. And we had a, we had a chat about... And, and my brand wasn't always to do with me my brand was trying to become, it was all to do with the podcast. So when I had this conversation about creating this logo and creating this, this, um, this vision for what sales change was going to look like, they said, well, what, what do you want it to be? Do you want it to be a personal brand or do you want it to be a corporate brand? And I'm very personal in terms of how I lead. So the two sort of came together and that's when you saw a change in my Instagram, which was very personal. I'm in front of the, the brand. I'm on the covers of all of my carousel posts and everything that I do on my Instagram stories and on my LinkedIn is all to do with me. So sales change and, and myself are one and the same. So it, was, it had to be an interchangeable thing. So the brand had to match my personal style because otherwise there'd be a disconnect. And then that's when sales sort of breaks down because people don't find that there's that no like and trust. They yeah. know me, they like the brand, but if they don't trust because the two don't marry together in terms of style and personal branding, then that's where the sales will break down. So it, it was a very conscious decision, but it took some time to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, in, you know, we've met on again online. We've never met in person. Oh, well, we no. might actually have been at the same lunch club at the Shelley at some point. But we've I've never- only ever been to one lunch club at the Shelley. Uh-huh. And that's when Jake did the crowd surfing. That was the last one. I, that oh, was the first one I went to. And that's the last one I went to. 
Oh, I missed that one. But as, as you say now, You Are The Media is now online and has become a, an amazing community right the way through lockdown. And, you know, I've said to Mark before that it was almost like a lifesaver just to have that sort of continuity of knowing that you can, you know, meet up with a with a, a bunch of people once, a, I think it was once every fortnight, wasn't it, back in when it, when it very first started? I think so. Or, or it might have been once a month because it was an in-person event. Oh no no! I mean, since it's been online, it was it was. Oh, online, boring, yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. How, did, how did you get involved with you other media? How, where did that start? So I I kept seeing Mark Masters posts on LinkedIn, and I I think I I saw a few of these events, and I must admit, and this isn't a criticism because it's it's a reflection of the community that you of the media is. But when I looked at you of the media f- at first, I thought that's very clicky. It's very very close-knit and it would be very difficult for me to come into that community and make an impact but Mark is this type of person who wants to include everybody and is very inclusive so he'll open up and I remember getting the first email when you sign up to Mark's email chain he sent me a video and then he sent me an email saying come on tell me a little bit about you what reply to this email and I'm sure that he doesn't get a lot of replies to his email so I thought and I remember the moment actually because I was in the bath and I thought I'm going to send him an email about what what I who I am and what I'm doing so I sent him an email whilst I was in the bath and then he re- responded and said that's really good um I'd like to invite you to the you of the media lunch club come along and this was in January so I went to the February one and I went along and I walked through the door Mark bowled up to me took me around showed me around the Shelley theater showed me the big conference space uh, and then I sat with a few people that I had met through the community already, introduced myself to a couple more. And then I went to the first on, online lunch club and did a talk about my podcast because I said, Mark, I want to really promote my podcast. This is what I want to do. And then it just sort of went from there. And I've, I've, I'm very, I'm an eternal networker. I, I want to speak to anybody and everybody. And whilst my job is sales, I don't look to sell to everybody because I don't know what you you're never going to have a need for valves ever you're never going to need to buy a thermoplastic valve but you might know somebody who does so I want to speak to everybody and anybody and and if I can help them in any way I will but I think the relationship with you the media has just grown because I offered up ideas I wanted to and I think the the you of the media learning came from an after show conversation about about podcasts with you yeah and then I said to Mark in the private chat whilst you were talking, saying this could be this could be a runner that we could have sessions where we just offer guests to offer their knowledge about certain subjects, and it's it's grown. Yeah. And then we've got a full calendar in 2021. Uh, we've got uh, You of the Media conference is now turned into the You of the Media Month of Learning, and it's a way of giving back, which is what I'm all about. That's a part of the brand as well. So I love the You of the Media community, and it's very it's very supportive, it's very inclusive, and it's and it's good to have people in the local area that you can sort of bounce ideas off yeah yeah no as I say it's been it's been amazing and just you know the learning I didn't even realize <laughs> obviously what I was what I was started by that conversation <laughs> I can just remember going but how do I do it shall I do it where do you know um and just getting the feedback from from the community then was just brilliant and this is why I'm I'm here now um so yeah fant- fantastically uh so it's my fault. <laughs> I blame you. I blame you. But tell me a little bit about your podcast. So when did you start it and why did you start it? What do you think is important? I mean, I do this for fun. I, I like talking to people. I like communicating, networking a little bit like you. Um, so what, what was the reason behind you, your starting yours? 
So back in November 2019, I created Sales Change, and Sales Change was a consultancy because, I, like I said, I wanted to go out and help other companies do what I've done. I wanted to grow their sales. Uh, so that was the start of Sales Change, and then I, I was trying to think of ways to build the brand because I'm very passionate about building companies, and and online presence is very important. Uh, networking is very important, but I've always been the face of the company that I work for, and I work for a company called Safi Valves. So I needed to pivot that and make it appear that I was the face of two brands. So I was trying to think of a unique way of doing that. And podcasting was, I've done radio in the past. So it was kind of an avenue that I wanted to go down because it served two purposes. One, it allowed me to express my um, opinion and personality. So when, and it, it creates this content bank, right? So if, if I branch out on my own in two or three years time, I've been doing this for three or four years already. People can refer back to the conversation I had with Paul Tanzi or the conversation I had with Victor Antonio in the United States. All of this is ways that people can understand who I am and what I bring to the table. So that was the first reason I started the podcast. And the second reason was because I wanted to network and the people, the first season, we talked about this just before that we came onto the podcast, but the first season was all to do with local business leaders and how they grew their businesses. And I wanted to speak to those business leaders because if I can form a relationship with them, they might be my future clients in the future. So it was it served two purposes, one, to build a personal brand and two, to build my sales network so that when I branch out in two or three years, I already know these people. So um, and I, it, it was a, a huge launch. I mean, I hit um, top 20 in the UK in the management charts when, I, when it launched. Um, it sort of died off a little bit because of COVID, but I had huge guests. I had um, social media star called Jamie Alderton, who's got 130, 140,000 followers. I had the winner of The Apprentice, Joseph Valente. He came on the podcast. And then in season two, I've had some huge sales coaches out of the US, Victor Antonio, who's got uh, several hundred thousand followers on YouTube. He does a daily podcast. He does a weekly uh, vlog, a video podcast called Sales After Dark. I had a uh, my favorite author, Mike Weinberg, on the show. So all of these people I've met, and I think I'm going to, I've been on Victor's podcast, and that's going to release early 2021. I'm going to go on Mike Weinberg's podcast. So again, this exposes me to other audiences. But yeah, the podcast has been a vehicle for me to grow the brand. And now the podcast is the lesser half of it. It's just a supporting factor rather than being the main vehicle. So it, it was about adding a string to my bow, I think. Yeah. That was a very long answer, Jackie. I'm sorry, yeah, no, I rambled no, on a little bit. <laughs> but it is, it's that, yeah, so, so do, obviously you, you have interviewed and talked to people that you have been a, a fan of, I suppose. So how, um, have, did you go and get those people? Did you approach them or how, how did that work in terms of how you were getting hold so of So the first season was more of a, I'm going to post on LinkedIn and see which local business leaders want to come on the podcast. And yeah. my first guests were the recruitment company Employ. Then I had Paul Tanzi from Intergage. I had the Colorworks. And some of these, some of these companies I wanted to have on the podcast because I'm very interested in psychometric profiling which is why I wanted the Colorworks, and that's what they do. So I got their business development guy on. Paul Tanzi is uh, the managing director and former, uh, I think he's the former chairman or somebody for the Dorset Council. He's very high up in the Dorset Council. But I wanted these people on because I wanted to understand how they'd got to where they'd got to. Um, and then 
so I asked all of those directly. And then in the second season, I had this bank of guests that I had for the first season and just said, look, I've had Joseph Valente from The Apprentice on. I've had Jamie Alderton, who's a fitness star. In Do you want to come on my podcast and talk about sales? And it took a while to get some of the bigger guests because they've obviously got full calendars. And the biggest guest that I wanted was a guy called Jeb Blunt, who I haven't got hold of yet. But I've contacted him on Twitter. I've contacted him on Instagram, LinkedIn. I've, I've emailed him. I've never had a response. However, it, this gives me guests for the future. So I've never paid anyone to come on my podcast. I've always just asked them. And I've always, always tried to fit it around their calendars. But yeah, I just reach out and ask whoever I want. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's what, that's what I need to try and try and do. Um, you mentioned there the, the fact that you, um, you had a question there and it's gone right out of my head, but it's basically, how did you get to where you are today? And, you know, that's, for me, that's a big, uh, I'm, I'm really into people's stories and what they were doing when they were at school and what they, you know, has kind of shaped what they are doing now. So can you look back at your school days and think, yeah, that's, that was what I liked to do then. And this is how it's now sort of transferred into my working life. Yeah, definitely. Because when I, so when I left school, my education was a little bit mixed up because I went into foster care and I was in children's homes when I grew up. So um, I was academically, I was very bright, um, but the application just wasn't, wasn't there because I didn't have the attention span, which is very apt now because I don't have a very high attention span I have to be busy all the time and I have to have I mean if I could show you my whiteboard over there in fact let me spin the camera around if I show you my whiteboard over there there's a million and one tasks on that whiteboard which I have to complete uh, but that's the space I like living in I like living in organized chaos um, my highest grade when I left school was in English speaking uh, because I like standing up in front of people I like talking uh, I like how to I liked the debate side of things. I liked having a conversation with people. So that was my highest grade. So if you looked back at my school time and said, what is this guy going to be? I was either going to be uh, a, a DJ, which I have done. Uh, I was either going to be in prison or a DJ. Uh, but then I left and, and went and joined the army. And that gave me a grounding and an understanding of process and, and where I'm, if you want to get to an end goal, you need to do these certain things. Yeah. So I think, uh, I joined the army as an apprentice as well. So it wasn't, it was straight out of school. I was 16. So I grew up very, very quickly, but I needed that because I had no grounding after I was in foster and, and children's home. Yeah. So um, it, it sort of, it, it was the perfect storm. I, I came out of the education system, went into the military system, left the military when I was about 25. But then I felt like I'd already grown up. I knew what the world was about. And then I came out and went into civilian world and I didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it's quite different. But it, I mean, that's, that is interesting that obviously going go through uh, the foster, foster care and care system where you don't have that support and you don't have that grounding. And obviously you found that in the military. So, and yeah. I can see from your whiteboard that it's, it's very neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My whiteboard wouldn't be like that. If my blackboard, I bought this blackboard to actually you know do the whiteboard thing and write all my lists my to-do list my things that, that I did basically all it does is just advertise who's on the podcast I don't use it <laughs> bits of Jackie, I've got I've got a whiteboard there which is a very large whiteboard just behind that door there there's a, a second whiteboard with um, like brainstorming and then if I spin if I spin this camera all the way around there's also a double whiteboard in that right. room there 
which I use for other stuff. So I'm constantly eternally making notes. If I, I haven't got my, yeah, I have got my book here. If I showed you my book that I've got here, inside this book, there is also um, lists upon lists upon lists of things that I need to do. Honestly, my, my brain is a, is, a, is a mess in terms of like creativity because my brain is constantly firing new stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think, I've thought of about 400 different things whilst we're on, on this call. <laughs> but I, ha I have to find a way to capture all of that yeah. because if I, if I keep it all inside my head, then I'll lose track of what I've got yeah. to do. So there's, there has to be a, a central point where everything is stored. Yeah. And slowly but surely, I've, I've created this method of getting stuff out and making yeah. sure that it's all yeah. organised. And that is, it's our head does all this sort of creative stuff. But as you say, unless you can actually get it out, my, I've got piles of, I've got piles of notebooks, which is basically me. That's, that's how I do it. I've got just, uh, just notebooks. I'm <laughs> so reading a book I, at the moment. I'm reading a book at the moment called Getting Things Done by a guy called David Allen. It's a, it's a New York Times bestseller. Uh, and the whole premise of the book is that your brain should be used to create, not to store information. Um, and I'm going through this process at the moment, which is why that whiteboard's like that as it is. Yeah. Um, because there's different ways that you can organize your brain and organize stuff. But basically, the, the main premise is get everything that you need to remember, whether that's I've got brown boots that need rehealing, all of this stuff, uh, minute stuff needs to be stored somewhere else other than your brain. So then your brain's got the freedom to just create and, and have this space to, to roam free. Uh, it's a, a massively interesting book, and I'm, yeah. I'm probably a third of the way through it but it's given me so much more in terms of organizing so yeah. i highly recommend that book if you're if yeah. you're struggling with and i did that that was something in your podcast that i really liked was the fact that you ask your guests you know what what book are you reading or what would you recommend and i did yeah, the sales change five questions is what we call it ah is that what it, yeah. ah, is, that what it is yeah. yeah so every single guest answers answers the same five questions which is uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, what's the worst job you could ever do and why? What's the last book that you read? What's the worst sales mistake you could ever make? And then the other one, which I can't remember. <laughs> it was, it, what was your best, or, or, a leader? Was it? Oh yeah, who's the leader that you look up to the most? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was interesting. So what did you want to be when you, when you grew up? Considering obviously you, might have, you must have had a sort of a bit of turmoil going on in the, in the early days. What was it that you, that you aspired to? See, my earliest memory of wanting to um, do something was in probably year seven or eight in school, and that was to join the military. And that wasn't to do with um, actually wearing a uniform and being a soldier. That was just to try and sol solve the world's problems. I wanted to, and at the time, I was growing up in the 80s, so the IRA was a huge thing, a huge factor back then. And I wanted to just make all of that go away. I wanted to find solutions for problems and the, the easiest way that I could think of doing that was to be a soldier but if you think outside of the box it was just to create solutions to problems that's what I wanted to do when I grew up and thankfully that's what I do now I, I create solutions for problems because that's what I do in sales it's just I've done I've gone around about the houses in doing it um, since then and I don't think I have grown up yet because I'm I only turned 40 this year and I feel like a kid I still wear baseball caps and hoodies to work so what I want to do now is be my own boss. That's that's the that's the dream in four or five years' time. I want to work for myself and have my own, be in charge of my own destiny. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, you obviously you've got other things that you do want to do because I I I have questions that obviously I send out. One of them is <laughs> what what's something that you that's quite fun about you and and you want to swim around the the Isle of Wight, which is quite 
And yeah, oh, I, is that kind of sea swimming? Obviously, we live by the coast. So is uh, the, how long have you been doing that, getting up and going for a swim? So, so I get up and go sea dipping uh, probably two or three times a week. And in 2021, I will be doing it probably five or six times a week because the ultimate goal uh, in 2021 or 2020, it'd probably be 2022, is to swim around the Isle of Wight. Now, only five people or four people have only ever done this, and I want to be the fifth person to have done it. So I, I need a, like I said, I've got a million and one things going on in my brain, but I need when I'm singly focused on something, like I wanted to launch the podcast, I wanted to create my website, I wanted to do all of this stuff. When I've got a single focus, I am very focused on it and I'll complete it. And I want to set a goal for myself that I can swim around the Isle of Wight, which is like, it will take me at least 24 hours. And I think it's like 60 kilometers or 90 kilometers, which is 60 miles around the Isle of Wight. So it's, it's a hefty old swim. Yeah. So I've got to put in some proper training for it. Um, I'm not a very confident open water swimmer. <laughs> and, uh, and my fitness, if I stood up, my fitness is probably not, I'm not like ripped with a six pack. So there's a lot of work that's got to go into this, but I want to document it all. And I want to show that if you're an average guy who's 40, um, slightly overweight, that you can put your mind to something, go out and do it and then create this or do this in, incredible feat. So that's the goal. And I want, I want to, when I, when I'm 60 or 70 years old, when I've got my grandkids around me, I want my son or daughter to say to them, yeah, granddad swam around the Isle of Wight <laughs> because that's just, it's an, it's an incredible thing. I mean, yeah. this is something that will, I want to leave a legacy when I leave. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want to, that's what I want to do. Yeah. 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 And uh, I'm obviously a bit stupid, but if you, if you go around the Isle of Wight, is that a longer than swimming across the channel? Uh, I don't know. I'm guessing the channel is slightly bigger. I don't I know. I mean, that, that stretch between Dover and Calais, is not so i google it quickly yeah. shall i do that yeah <laughs> let's, I'm, let's I'm gonna, google it i'm gonna shut my blind because the sun is now streaming in so i'll edit that bit out <laughs> so i've just googled it jackie <laughs> yeah and the and the distance between dover and calais is 21 miles yeah i thought it was only 20 odd miles so it is it is longer than the swim between dover and calais yeah um i don't know how long that would take i don't know how I, the last guy who completed the swim around the Isle of Wight did it in just over 24 hours. So it's going to be a, a day and night swim. Yeah. Uh, and the reason this popped into my mind is I read the book uh, by Ross Edgeley, who swam around the whole of the whole of the British Isles That's, or yes, Great Britain. Doing that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that has inspired me. I'm not going to swim around Great Britain because I'm, I'm not mental, but I will try and do it around the Isle of Wight. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So that's that, that's a that's a legacy. That is a legacy, isn't it? And you're going to document that, so you'll you'll film it and have a sort of a team yeah. around you. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So the I'm guessing the first six months will just be me plodding the streets and trying to lose a bit of weight and and get more confident in the water and understand the strokes and all that type of stuff. And then probably the next twelve months will be the hardcore training of trying to get people to follow me in a boat and that type of stuff. So yeah, uh, in January I'm going to be looking for a swim coach. Uh, just so I can organise the breathing and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, so if any swim coaches are listening, reach out to me. You can yeah. find me on my LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Um, and what, so what's, you say that obviously in five years' time, whatever, you're going to be working for yourself. Uh, what does that look like? What's, what's that going to be? What's that business going to be? Is it going to be similar to, will it be sales change 
just five years further down the line or is it going to be something different? Yeah, it will be sales change and sales change is, a, is just a vehicle for basically me. Um, sales change has got two arms to it, saleschange.co.uk and then saleschange.agency. Uh, the sales change agency side of things is content creation and, and social media marketing. Um, saleschange.co.uk is, is the sales side. It's the bit that I'm trying to grow the most because I want to become a non-executive director. I want to be working for three or four different companies. I want to implement the sales process that I have implemented here and in other companies many times over. And I want to be their person for sales. So basically a sales director for hire yeah. or sales director on demand. I want to be the Netflix of sales directors. Yeah. So there's no ambition to, to continue broadcasting. To, to Obviously, you were a DJ. So is that still in you, the podcasting, the filming to document the, the swim and stuff? Is that, will that still be part of it, do you think? It will all be part of the, it will all be part of the content which goes around sales change. So sales change is, this, is now turning into this bigger brand, which has many different arms. Uh, when I started it in November last year, or November 2019, which is last year, just uh, when I started it, it was just going to be like a non-executive director role. It's going to be a consultancy but it's slowly evolving into something that's bigger and, and has more arms and the podcast will be part of that. I mean, I, I will do more podcasts in 2021 and I want to do another season of 10 episodes, but there'll probably be live events rather than um, just like pre-recorded stuff. So I want to do them so they're live so that the audience can watch them whilst they're going on live. So I might do, do them on YouTube, but then I'll, I'll take the audio from that and then create micro content. So a podcast then I can have the videos that we can use and use that on my Instagram. It's just about trying to find a, a more economical way of creating content yeah. from one event, which is what I want to do in 2021. But then all around that, I'll continue doing, I mean, my Instagram is taking a pause at the moment because I've got so many things going on. I've got, I'm taking a month off of my Instagram, but in January, when I restart that, it's going to have a slightly different style, slightly more cleaner style that will continue through 2021. And then to complement that will all be the vlogs that are centered around this huge challenge that I'm going to try and do in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no ambition to go back to being a radio DJ. I think I'm too old for it now, Jackie. I mean, I'm 40 and Chris Moyles is probably older than me, but uh, no, I, if somebody offered me a job on radio and said, come and work for us and come and do the breakfast show, then I'd love it. But I've got a family now. I want to spend time with them on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, the whole purpose of me trying to create sales changes so that I can work my, my own hours, my own time. I want to have an office at the end of the garden with, a, with its own podcast studio and creation suite. That's the dream is to have this brick outbuilding at the end of my garden with long patio doors, with a desk that curves around so I can see into the house, see the kids doing their homework. But on the side of that, I've got a podcast studio and, and maybe an exercise bike, which I'd never use. It would just become a, an extended clothes horse. Yes. But that's the dream. That's what I want to, that's what I want to have. Um, and that's the vision. So the vision is what drives where I'm, where I'm trying to get to. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a brilliant vision. I'd quite like that myself. That's, yeah, kind of yeah. what I'm looking towards as well. And my neighbour actually does have a fantastic design studio in her back garden with the sliding doors and, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. that's a fabulous dream. Um, so uh, it's been brilliant to talk to you today and I'm just looking to see if there's anything else that I can talk to you about. Um, yeah, I think we've, we've kind of covered everything 
we've had a <laughs> done very well we have we? done very well we've done very well um so thank you so much for for coming on the podcast tell us where we can find you obviously your your website is saleschange.co.uk what's the yeah. instagram and where where else can people find you so you can find me on instagram it's at saleschange um or you can look up look me up on linkedin there's the sales change page on linkedin or matt king uh, and you'll find me under the general manager for safi valves in the uk yeah. uh, and the united states yeah and i have to highly re recommend the the podcast and the Instagram page. I think people should just go and check those out as soon as because they're, they're both brilliant. And I look forward to seeing you at the next You Are The Media do. Um, yes, and, yeah. I can't wait till we can all meet in real life. I feel like there's, like you, I feel there's, there's hundreds of people that I've met over the last eight or nine months, which I've never actually met them in real life. I mean, yeah. I've had guests on the podcast, which on my own podcast, which have just been like 10 minutes down the road, Yeah. Uh, but I've never met them in real life. and. Yeah, I can't wait to start meeting up with people again. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that too, as I say. And I'm looking forward to, you know, the people that I've met in California inviting me over. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant. Thank you very much for your time this morning, Matt. And uh, I will see you on the screen very soon. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jackie. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe, follow or like. And if you'd like more information on me or my guests, or would like to know how we could work together, then visit the website www.atticasarts.com. I'd love to hear from you. Take care.